Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It has come to this. Mike Tomlin is on trial for his job in an angry Steelers nation. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. The tide has turned against Mike Tomlin, the Steelers' once unassailable coach who never posted a losing season in Pittsburgh. But after the Steelers' offense sputtered against the Texans to the tune of a 30-6 drubbing, angry callers across the 412 area code have been flooding sports talk shows with calls for Tomlin's head. The game has passed him by, some are saying. After promising changes following the pathetic showing by Pittsburgh in the Lone Star State, Tomlin retained his oblivious offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. In Steelers Nation, which has cried out for Canada's firing, this is treason. But truth be told, the Steelers' problems go far beyond their besieged coordinator. Second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett, once anointed as Pittsburgh's prodigal son, has looked pathetic in the pocket. Most of the sacks he suffered are being blamed on Pickett's penchant for rolling out right into the pass rush pressure, not on his still overmatched offensive line. On the play where Pickett suffered a knee-twisting sack and a subsequent bone bruise, the seemingly clueless QB spun out right into the Texan defender's awaiting arm. Despite this, Pickett has yet to be ruled out for Sunday's game but before a sure-to-be-surly home crowd at Akrasure Stadium. Mitch Trubisky awaits in the wings for his shot as a starter who hopes to jumpstart the Canada-called attack that's fired like a pop gun so far this season. All this as the rival Ravens are poised to swoop into Pittsburgh and purloin a win amid all the disarray and dissension in the burg. The speed which the hopes and dreams for this season have plunged into acrimony and even open revolt among the Steelers' nation masses has been breathtaking. Now, there have always been Tomlin haters among the home crowd, but they were mostly seen as cranks and outliers. The Steelers' head coach and his poetic press conferences were viewed as head and shoulders 
above the vast majority of NFL teams. Tomlin peers were the likes of Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, and perhaps John Harbaugh. But these days, disgruntled Steelers fans have a severe case of coaching envy, especially for a new generation of offensive masterminds. Many would trade the gravitas and eloquent grammar of Tomlin for a high IQ pencil neck geek like Miami's Mike McDaniel. This has gone beyond the calls for getting rid of Canada, whose offensive ineptitude Tomlin has permitted to stretch into three seasons now. The blame for all the three and outs, the red zone futility, and the paltry points per game are falling at the head coach's door, and rightly so. Tomlin's wordsmith motivations have gone stale, many say. The game has gone by him. His 17th season as the Steelers' head coach is anything but sweet. More and more Pittsburghs are saying it's time for a change right at the top. Certainly, Tomlin had little in the way of answers for what ails his Steelers. Following the shocking loss to rookie QB C.J. Stroud and the Texans, the best Tomlin could do is promise to put his players in pads for Wednesday's practice. That should toughen them up, the coach coaxed. But the assembled Pittsburgh press wasn't buying it this time. Tomlin wasn't tongue-tied, but his words fell flat. For perhaps the first time since being elevated as a veritable unknown to replace Bill Cower as head coach, Tomlin lacked answers and sufficient explanation for how to right the sinking ship that is his Steelers. The result is open revolt across Steelers Nation. The coach's non-losing track record in Pittsburgh is no longer a thing. Instead, disgruntled fans point to the lengthening drought of playoff wins under Tomlin. It was at six seasons entering 2023. For that kind of postseason dry spell, one must go back to before the immaculate reception which shattered four decades of lovable losing in the Steel City. Well, the Steelers are losing again, but no one is loving it. And increasingly, fans are refusing to live with it any longer. The cries for change, which began with Matt Canada, have now engulfed Tomlin. Whether it's too late to turn the tide, only time will tell. Right now, there's no indication Tomlin has lost his team, but he is losing Steelers Nation. The coach's refusal to change and the Rooney family's belief in stability has boomeranged. The change fans increasingly want now starts with Mike Tomlin himself. We have much more on all the frenzied fallout from the Texans' loss and Tomlin being at a loss at his press conference, plus a preview of the tilt with the Ravens at home in this revolutionary edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure and check out my full print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes, bringing this week's Steelers debate to life 
a laughs, and more than a few tears. Right now, let's get right to it. One of the big questions surrounding the big game with the Ravens is whether the injured Kenny Pickett can or even should suit up and play. Steelers were planning to let Pickett practice on Wednesday, then take it from there. But some Pittsburgh pundits are saying the second-year QB who has yet to make that sophomore leap that is so important in the NFL should take a timeout to regroup. For more details into the Pickett problem, we turn to Mike DeFable with The Athletic, who gives us this lowdown on the Kenny Pickett letdown. DeFabo writes, quote, A Kenny Pickett interception on Pittsburgh's first offensive series set the tone for a first half that featured a pair of three and outs, no first downs through the air, and four punts and just 55 yards against the Texans. Just when it looked like things couldn't get any worse, they did. On fourth and one in the closing minutes of the third quarter, the Steelers opted to go for it. Pickett took the snap in the shotgun and tried to spin out of the pocket. As he did, Texans defensive end Jonathan Greenhard got free from the Steelers' left tackle Broderick Jones and took down the quarterback. Now, as the Steelers wait for answers on whether Pickett's knee is good enough to go this Sunday, they're left with a big question. Where does the offense go from here? Truth is, their issues have been festering for years. After scoring 26.6 points per game in Ben Roethlisberger's penultimate season, the Steelers hired Matt Canada. The offensive coordinator's first and only season with Roethlisberger, the Steelers scored a touchdown less than they did the previous season, producing just 20.6, uh, actually 20.2 points per game, a touchdown less than before Canada got there. When Roethlisberger retired, the optimistic view was that, you, that the change at quarterback would allow Canada to open up his entire playbook with a young mobile quarterback. Instead, the Steelers slid even further, finishing 26th in scoring with 18.1 points per game last year. But the excuse that time was the Steelers were breaking in a rookie QB who was thrust into action in the middle of the season. This year was supposed to be the year they turned a corner. Just wait and see, right? Well, after Sunday's Dismal performance, the Steelers are averaging just 12 points per game. Only the Cincinnati Bengals, who have 10.5 offensive points per game, have had a harder time putting up points. With Matt Canada staying put, their only chance is to regroup and deal with the possibility of playing without Pickett. Said Trubitsky, who would be in that starting spot should Pickett not go, quote, that's why they brought me back here to be ready to go at a moment's notice. We've just got to have a good week of practice. Whatever happens, happens, unquote. Now, stepping in for Pickett is something Trubisky has done before with mixed results last season. Among the highlights, and, and kind of a low light too, was Week 13 against the Ravens at home. The Steelers and Trubisky took an aggressive approach. They aired the ball out 30 times, 
Unfortunately, three of those resulted in interceptions, and the Steelers lost a razor-close game 16-14 to to the Ravens, unquote. Hey, that's some great stuff from DeFabo, looking at the totality of the Steelers' problems on offense, and whether it's Pickett or Trubisky, we just don't know how different it can be. Now, from my perspective, I think Tr- Pickett should sit this game out, and I think if Trubisky can rein in those interceptions, he possibly could boost the Steelers past those hated rival Ravens. We shall see. Perhaps I'm being wildly optimistic here. And, of course, Mike Tomlin, uh, many accuse him of wearing blinders when it comes to looking at the problems on his offense and and with Matt Canada. And uh, the Pittsburgh press really crucified him after that press conference when he seemed to lack for answers for what ails his team. So what should Mike Tomlin have said at that disastrous presser, especially in wake of that even more disastrous 30-6 loss to the Texans? Well, for that, we turn to Pittsburgh radio personality and Pittsburgh Post-Gazette columnist Joe Starkey, who writes this, quote, Tomlin cannot possibly believe that physicality was the main issue in Sunday's ridiculous 30-6 loss to the Houston Texans. Yet, that's where he began his media address. He said the Texans played harder. He said they wanted it more than his players. If that's true, and I don't think it is, what would that say about the Steelers? Is it really going to take a Wednesday practicing in pads to make any difference? How about all the young guys the Steelers have brought in? Shouldn't they be desperately fighting for their livelihoods? Or do they need a Wednesday in pads to remind them to play hard? More likely, Tomlin was loath to admit that he and his staff were badly outcoached by a first-year head coach and a first-year offensive coordinator, especially on that scripted first drive of the game for the Texans. I imagine it would have been much harder for Tomlin to open his news conference by saying something like this, quote, they simply had a better plan than we did. Anybody could see that, unquote. Instead, Tomlin ripped his players for needing to warm up physically. It looked more like the coaches needed to warm up schematically, like they were completely fooled by what Houston did to them, starting with that 15-play touchdown drive and continuing on the other side of the football when it appeared as if the Texans knew what the puny, predictable Steelers' offense would do on nearly every play. But all that was nothing compared to Tomlin's take on the ludicrous fourth-and-one call that got his quarterback injured. Steelers went shotgun on the play from Houston's 32 instead of lining up and powering their way for that necessary 36 inches. The head coach actually defended this on Tuesday. Quote, to be completely transparent with you, we lost a lot of short yardage personality because of missing Dan Moore and Pat Fryermuth. We lost all our big packages. Roderick Jones was already on the field, and we probably had to get out of our intended box, if you will, in that circumstance because of a lack of a player availability in the game. Unquote. That's what Tomlin said as 
answer to that fourth and one call, the shotgun call, the call that got Kenny Pickett knee rude. What's he talking about? How about run your alleged battering ram, that being Najee Harris, behind your massive other tight end, that being Darnell Washington, and your first-round pick, that being Broderick Jones, and your highly-paid free agent guard, that being Isaac Samalo, for the first down in those necessary 36 inches? Or have the quarterback pat his center on the rear and push forward like he did earlier in the game? Hey. Good question. That that's that's Starkey, Joe Starkey, radio personality, Post Gazette columnist, just unleashing on what Tomlin said and should have said at that press conference gone wrong. But you know, really, Tomlin didn't have many answers, no matter what he said. I don't think, and he'd better start coming up with answers starting Sunday against those rival Raven. And about those Ravens, here's the Post-Gazette's dean of Steelers reporters, Jerry Dulac, breaking down what should be different in the Steelers' approach this Sunday. And it won't be someone else calling the offensive plays, as Matt Canada remains firmly in place. But as for what will be different, here's Dulac, quote, the Steelers will need their defense to play better, and the first step is putting the pads back on in practice and getting back to playing more physical and with more intensity. Right now, it's no accident the Steelers' defense ranks 29th in the league in rush defense, giving up 148.5 yards and yards per carry. They give up 4.7 yards per carry and 27th in yards per play at 7.1 yards. And they're 26th in total yards, having seeded 1,018 yards. Said Tomlin, we have to change that narrative. Also changing is some personnel for Pittsburgh as do lack details. Quote, left tackle Dan Moore with a knee and tight end Pat Fryermuth with a hamstring are out versus the Ravens. It will be the long-awaited first start for rookie O-lineman Broderick Jones with fellow rookie Darnell Washington likely filling in for Fryermuth at tight end. Tomlin also said it will be difficult for guard James Daniels, who has a groin, to get back against the Ravens because of that padded practice. And if he plays, Tomlin said Pickett has to be able to make quicker decisions to avoid sacks. The head coach. Put the problem this way, quote, sometimes pressure is born out of not making fluid decisions. It's not only a challenge he has, it's a challenge we have, unquote. Again, good stuff from the Post-Gazette and the Dean of Steelers scribes, Jerry Dulac. And there you have it, Steelers fans. We'll have well, some new faces in the lineup. And we're talking also Joey Porter Jr., who is expected to get much more playing time over the slowing vet Patrick Peterson at corner, plus a more decisive and pocket-protective and pocket-savvy picket, should he play. Could all of this bring different results versus the Ravens? Well, we always play him close. It's always a field goal game. So we, we can hope, right? 
Well, whatever happens, we'll be here every Wednesday to report the good, the bad, and the ugly with regard to these Steelers who are still struggling to establish an identity with a quarter of the 2023 season already gone. The clock is ticking, guys, so let's go. And all we can say is go Steelers, pluck those Ravens, and we'll see you back here every Wednesday. Sign up wherever you get your audio to get the podcast right delivered as soon as the take is fresh out of the oven on Wednesday afternoon. And of course, log on penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.